Welcome to 200 a Day, the podcast where we talk about the 70s television detective show, The Rockford Files. I'm Nathan Paletta. And I'm Epidiah Ravishaw. And this time we're zooming out to talk about not just one episode of The Rockford Files, but 22 episodes. <laughs> Though not, not all at once. Um, yeah, this is a 48 hour long podcast. <laughs> Buggle up. Mm-hmm. No, we are, uh, as those of those of you who have been listening to us recently uh, will have heard, we have been finishing out season two of The Rockford Files. Uh, if this happens to be the first episode of the show that you're listening to, uh, our format is not to do the show linearly. We do jump around, yeah. not only within seasons, but between seasons. Uh, however, we got to a point where we realized we only had a couple a couple season two episodes left and thought it would be a, a fun project uh, for for the kind of first half of this year to finish out a season. And so the last episode of our show was covering the last season two episode that we had to do, The Real Easy Red Dog. And so now we are here with our season two retrospective, which uh, I pretty much decided I pitched I pitched this idea to Epi and <laughs> Epi agreed um, to do this in the format of a draft. So we are going to do our Rockford Files season two best of draft. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm excited to do this. Uh, M. When she found out that this is what we we're doing, she made the joke that this was going to be our clip episode. <laughs> and I don't know, like, what preparations you did for this. Look, I did slightly more thorough preparation than I did for our Malibu Madness, mm-hmm. which had kind of a similar format, you know. Uh, actually, I, I don't, I, I can't really compare them that way. But the point is, is that one thing I've learned is that <laughs> clip episodes are actually probably more work mm-hmm. than the normal episode. <laughs> I was joking with you just moments ago that I had shotgunned this whole season to, to prepare for this. And I got out the DVDs and I watched the um, opening montages to each episode to remind oh, me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I get hooked and I just start watching, and then I remember <laughs> that I've got a lot to get through. <laughs> and I'd skip forward and try and look for things that I thought would be standout-ish about mm-hmm. the different episodes and things like that. So um, I, I tried to go through every one of the episodes, but uh, that, like you said, is 22 episodes. It's hard to keep 22 episodes of Rockford Files distinct in your head, digesting it that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what I'm hearing is that you did a lot more work than I did in preparation for. Well, no, <laughs> but like the results probably aren't any. <laughs> like the not. All right. They're probably on par. I have I have a really bad memory. So like if you if you were to tell me, oh Rockford Files, um, the reincarnation of Angie, mm-hmm. I would be like, I remembered that title. That is a title. <laughs> sure. Uh, so I had to refresh my memory on a lot of these. Yeah, I, I mean, I did as well. I did not really have time to do any watching. I did mostly uh, just skim skim the entries, skim my notes, yeah. and um, kind of clicked into a couple things to read the... If I couldn't quite remember stuff that was going on between the uh, episode summaries in, in Ed Robertson's 30 Years of the Rockford Files and the IMDb reviews, actually. Uh, between those two, I was usually able to jog jog something out where I was like, oh, right, that's, you know, that's something that yeah. I remember stands out about this. So that all said, I'm absolutely sure that if you wanted to go back to our episodes about these episodes 
and listen to what we said, especially the older ones where I do not remember what we said about right. it. <laughs> I may have reversed course. I may have completely changed my mind about something. That was my big fear, too. <laughs> I may not bring up something that we spent the entire episode talking about. Just want yeah. to be clear as possible that we do not remember what we say. How you digest the episode is definitely going to have an impact on your thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's going to come up at some point. Well, at some point during this, I don't think this is going to be a surprise to any listener. Uh, at some point, we're going to talk about Chicken Little is a Little Chicken. Uh, Spoilers. Yeah. Literally, I saw that episode, watched like some bits of it, like I said, in this way that I'm doing it, where I'm not watching the whole thing through. And then I went to uh, the next episode, which is two into five... Point five six won't go. Mm-hmm. And I realized I had to stop and walk away from the Rockford files for a bit. I was like, I'm, I'm going to end up hating this episode. And I don't think I hated this episode. Just the proximity to something yeah. that you have yeah. an existing opinion of, you know, at that point, I think I was maybe a third of the way through. Wait, what is chicken little? Let me see here. Uh, that's episode nine. So yeah, you're about halfway. Almost through. Half. Yeah. yeah. So I was just like, Bruh. so yeah. Um, and I think probably later ones in this list suffer from the sure. fact that I haven't, like, because they're at the end of this whole thing, which it's just the way the cookie crumbles. So for me, I was thinking how there's definitely going to be a little more, like, recency bias, probably, just because I remember ones we've done recently better, except for the ones that we did way back at the beginning of the show, because we yeah. had printed on those really heavily, because they were, like, some of the first ones we did. Yeah, they're just so stuck in my brain that, yeah. Yeah, so there's this, like, reverse bell curve. Like, I remember the ones that we did early in our show. So, like, in 2016. Yes. And then I remember the ones we've done in the last couple months. And everything in between, I'm like, I'll I'll have to look up the details. Anyway, so that hopefully is not underselling this. um, Because I think we'll we'll find things to say. I am. Yeah. yeah. I am not worried. Um, So the draft format, this is stolen pretty much wholesale from a uh, kind of a geeky pop culture show called The Incomparable, where they do these kinds of things on the regular, where they have a larger panel, so it's more fun, um, I'm sure. But, but, you know, credit credit where it's due. Um, But the format is this. We are assembling a top episodes of season two list by drafting the episodes going back and forth. So once Epi picks an episode from his personal list of top, you know, 10-ish whatever episodes, then I cannot pick it. So, you know, there's a bit of a what's going to go number one. Right. We're going to be generating a a list, a numbered list, but the the numbers don't mean anything. They're all good episodes. Uh, This is just kind of to give us a fun structure to to talk about the the season. Um, However, our little twist is that we both have secretly picked uh, a couple i think i said two to three yeah i grabbed two of them i have like two and a half (laughs) okay like i have one that if it that i don't think is going to come up but if it does anyway these in i when i was making my list i called this the hall of fame um Mm -hmm. so these are episodes that if you pick it if you pick one that i've that i've carved out for my hall of fame i get to say ah i already got that one all right, yeah. And and vice versa. Um, I guess the remaining question is, do those also go on the list, or do we have our top list, and then we'll also have our Hall of Fame picks that are kind of on the on the side? That's a really good... Wow, we did not think this through. We're doing it live. We're doing it live. Uh, I say we, we put it in the top, and then just we let people know what the Hall... Because I just right now realize that, uh, depending on how this first coin toss goes... Hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I may not. I may only have one Hall of Fame pick, but let's <laughs> let's do it. So essentially, they're just they're just protected from sniping. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. This may be again overdetermined. Yeah, we're we're just going to talk about some episodes that we like. It's going to be great. I, I yeah, I will be honest. I don't 100 percent understand how this goes. I'm just going to depend on you telling me whether I won or lost. I mean, we all win. We all win end. in the end. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. It's not about who wins. It's about who has the best team. Right. Yeah. So at the end, we will compare our 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 episode teams, and I think they'll have a different character. Does that make sense? Okay. So here's the deal. Right. If I understand this correctly, <laughs> sorry, audience. So as two game designers, we have to have structure. Yeah. Where this is called playstorming, where we yes. are <laughs> figuring figuring out the rules as we go. The important thing here is that Nathan and I have to have some tension between the two of us. Right. Because if it's just a list of the top 10, we would say this, no, this, and then we'll both go, oh, no, you're right. Yeah. And then switch, you know, and we can't have that. So what this is, is we each have chosen 10. Right. We're each going to come away with our top five. Right. And there will be no overlap. There'll be no overlap. Do we go back and forth? We go back and forth. Okay. Who's going first? You're, you're going first. You're getting the first draft pick. Am I? I think I think as a reward for your uh, <laughs> for your extra research and preparation, and also as an apology for not actually having thought this through before we started recording. Uh, unless you would rather me go first in order to serve as an example. Uh, why don't Why don't you go first to serve as an example? Oh boy, we may be able to work out all the mechanics right now. Great. I have a suspicion about what you. I'm I'm probably wrong. But I have a suspicion about what you're going to do, and okay. I think I'm all I'm prepared for it. Okay. <laughs> okay, we'll get into it, uh, uh, dear dear listener. Thank you for bearing with us. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get to the fun stuff starting now. We're going to take a quick break to say thank you to our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash 200 a day. Thanks to you, we are a 100% listener-supported show. We extend special thanks to our Gumshoe patrons supporting this episode. Chuck from WhatYou'reReading.com, Paul Townend, who also recommends the podcast Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color at FruitLoopsPod.com, Shane Liebling, check out his dice rolling app Roll for Your Party for all of your online gaming needs at RollForYour.Party, Jay Adon, check out his amazing miniature painting skills over at JayAdon.com, Dale Norwood, Dave P., Dale Church, Dave Otterson, Kip Hawley, and Matthew Lee. And finally, we can't thank our detective patrons enough for their generous support. Eric Antenor, at Antenor on Twitter. Brian Pereira, at Thermoware. Bill Anderson, at BillAnd88. And of course, Richard Haddam, at Richard Haddam. We follow them too, at 200pod. Why become a patron for as little as $1 an episode? In addition to supporting the show and exclusive episode previews, our patrons get plus expenses, a bonus podcast where we casually chat about media we're enjoying and the things going on in our lives. An episode of Plus Expenses comes out in advance of every episode of 200 a day. Help out the show by leaving a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend who you think would like it. And check out patreon.com slash 200 a day to see if becoming a patron is right for you. So, season two of The Rockford Files. Great season. Mm -hmm. I think we can can agree on that. My first pick on my top ten list is episode two, The Farnsworth Stratagem. Oh! All right, Angel, get back on your jackhammer. Rocky, you look busy, huh? You sure he thinks I'm Farnsworth? He doesn't know Jim Rockford. I told him the bank number pulled you off. 
they sneak that in there? I guess there's no 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 secrets now. Now that you've mentioned it, we can just say whatever we want about the situation, right? Yeah. Uh, because that was my number two pick. So, yeah, you sniped it. Yeah, so episode two of the season, it is episode four of our show. So, again, this is one of those that we imprinted on real hard because we did it real early. However, I think it was deserved because this is an all-timer con game episode of the Rockford Files. Uh, So, in the Farnsworth Stratagem, Dennis and Peggy uh, buy, like, into a condo or a timeshare or something. But it's run by the mob, and uh, they're going to lose their investment. Plus, I believe... They got, I think, Deal. They got Lieutenant Deal to buy in or something. One of Dennis's bosses also yeah. is buying into this thing. And then it turns out it's run by the mob and they're going to just take, like, lose all their all the money and not have anything to show for it. Um, and so Dennis calls in Jim to help him out. And the way that Jim decides to help him out is to con the owners into thinking that there's oil underneath the property and to sell the mineral rights or to buy the mineral rights from him or whatever something like gas, that. Yes, natural gas. Natural yes. gas. Yes, yes. Uh and so it's a elaborate sting in order to get the mob owners to, you know, release like pay some the amount of money that is needed to get um uh Dennis and out of the out of the jam and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I mean, what happens in this episode is that they end up setting up a, a drilling rig outside of this <laughs> condo building uh we got rocky and we got angel as like rig workers and they both bring in crews of their buddies which is very funny (laughs) rocky's buddies and angel's buddies are different kinds of buddies yeah Um, rocky's are actual oil riggers right (laughs) yeah yeah there's a romance angle with uh jim working with the like assistant of the owners of the place who turns out to be conning him but he figures out that she's a fraud and then she she decides to switch allegiances because he's a better con man basically yeah yeah it's good it's if i remember correctly the ending like the kind of reveal like kind of the final sting is a little muddled uh, it's a little hard to tell exactly who knew what at the very end but it didn't really matter there's the thing at the end where jim just confesses to the mob right right. if there's no oil how come you put up this rig because i wanted people to think there was i'm telling you the truth mr christian you're you're not a man i'd lie to i'm not a guy lloyd would lie to either you made a mistake with me once he's not dumb enough to do it again so like the man told you sell you don't give me much choice i give you no choice what it's against my will. Sure. Now, you just remember that Lloyd brought you into this thing, not sure. me. Re- sure. Remember that. Sure. Yeah, it's great. I mean, the, the, the things that I wrote down, like I said, it was my number two pick. I like We get Jimmy as an oil tycoon, which is great. <laughs> yeah. You get uh, lots of great stuff with because uh, Dennis needs Jim's help. Is mm. just That's all good. Some really good angel material in it. There's I caught the scene where Angel is on foot walking away from the whole thing because he got threatened mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. have to like convince him to come back. And that whole exchange is just, mm, yeah, it's just great. Uh, the romance stuff is really good too. I, it, it's played well and subtly and they're sort of like, can they trust each other? You know, that kind of thing that, that was going wonderful patter about how cons work. 
Mm-hmm. Like he's explaining to her how the con works and she knows how con works. It's just <laughs> like that. And I think also it just gets sort of this honorable mention as it is the episode that has the, I think one of the only surviving Rockford Files reaction gifts uh, <laughs> left on Twitter's interface. So it's the one where he takes the hat off. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So anytime I'm looking for a Rockford Files reaction gift, like, I'm usually ending up with that one because that's the only one I can find. <laughs> I think one of my criteria for, for my picks was kind of thinking about whether how they stood on their own versus how they stood as kind of like part of the series. Right. Yeah. And uh, this one, it works. And I think the best ones uh, and most of the ones that I picked are great standalones, but also get additional layers if you've been watching the show. Yeah. And I think this, this uh, just with all the, Dennis Angel and Rocky stuff like yeah it it pays off for that this is I mean I'm gonna say before like before we go any further like you this this was a very good season (laughs) like it's just it's just very good um all right yeah so that was my uh number one pick the Farnsworth stratagem over to you Epi all right my number one pick uh I've already hinted at uh I guess several times is Chicken Little is a little chicken Mm -hmm. you remember Tom Little no Come on, you remember him. He came in about a month before you got sprung. Little tiny guy in C-block, working the laundry. Used to throw spinach on the guards from the catwalk above the Oh, 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 chicken little. Right. Yeah, no, I never met him. I heard about him. What are you, pen and ink man or something? Yeah, well, his main beef was forgery, but his specialty was big, big swindles. Municipal bonds had a beautiful hand. Now, what about him? And anyway, he's missing, and he owes me two grand. Uh, episode nine. Our episode ten in our archive. Oh wow, that was very close. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were here for Malibu Madness, Chicken Little is a little chicken, like with the distance in many categories. Um, lots of good stuff. The urban horticulturist uh, is a person that will stay with me for. The... I brought you over here. I invite you to dinner so we can sit down and discuss everything. And instead of a little honor and decency, you feed me an ice cream sandwich. You know, kind of going through it this time around, there's so many good little details in it. This is the episode where um, Jim goes to talk to Dennis at the police station, and he doesn't have a quarter to lend Dennis for the vending machine. So Dennis, like, jimmies it open, and or, or does something, like rigs the, the, the thing, and they both get beef stew for lunch mm-hmm. out of the vending machine, which I don't, there's just something incredibly Rockford Files about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just my notes on this one. So this was my, my number three pick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and my notes on this was that it's another all timer just cause we talk about it constantly. Um, but that it like really shows off the like quirky nature of the humor of the show. Yeah. Um, and like, the beef stew is part of that. The the two different mob guys, the urban horticulturalist, and then the guy with the broken arm is like yes. fantastic. <sighs> so it's like a real Rockfordishness Sunday. Like it's just all layered on top of every, the the showdown in the church at the end, and yeah, uh, Jim explaining the shell game, and I don't understand it. Do it again. Come on, Angel. I have worked this con at least 10 times in different ways. The whole idea is to keep your eye on the P, as they say, or in this case, keep your eye on the right briefcase, and to set it up so you have an accomplice who will make the switch at the right moment. And that'll be Rocky. 
Is he coming to the funeral? Hey, that's nice. He said he wouldn't miss it. You know, Jimmy, I think this is really, really confusing. Angel, when this con is in the hands of a master, it's a joy to watch. <laughs> and then it going wrong. It's all, yeah, it's it's all there. It's all Angel there. getting to attend his own funeral. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it's there's so much in here that you forget that there's so much in here. If you listen to the eulogy, it's all this, like, all this puffed up yes. stuff about how great he was. <laughs> Just those subtle, even those subtle little touches of, because during that part, you're watching stuff happen. You don't, and the fact that the the eulogy itself is also a joke, like it, right. it's all, yeah, it's all there. And you, I mean, like you, you had just said about how like ones that fit that work on their own, but also you know get more depth. I think this one mm-hmm. uh, would work on its own. But like having watched it, the opening scene is Angel stuffing a bunch of money into the Firebird's door, and if that doesn't fill you with a sense of dread, <laughs> having watched the Rockford Files, like, um, yeah, it's just. Oh, so many like just wonderful bizarre angel moments too like that um there's one where i think rockford brings back he thinks he's bringing back chicken little and his brother but he's actually bringing back two goons that are looking for them right and angel comes out of the trailer and he just shouts no jimmy <laughs> and then he steals rocky's truck yeah yeah and 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 Rockford turns around and punches sucker punches one of the goons and hurts his hand right. doing it right because the guy has a gun in his in his waist in yeah. his like waistband right and he punches him in the gun yes and then they 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 take Jim's car and he he tries to stop him and they're like what and they they got a gun and he goes you you might need to fill it up <laughs> like it's just yeah. Oh, it's exquisite. Uh, yeah, actually, my notes in here, I'm like, I think this one, aside from being like my favorite season two episode, this probably goes on the list of top 10 television episodes I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. There's something about this one that just sang to me heart and soul. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my uh, yeah number one pick. It's a great, great pick. So my number two, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, your take on this. My number two is one of our more recent episodes, Joey Blue Eyes. Now listen, pal. Beth here said you can help me, that you're done time. Now, I've been on my own all my life. I got this here joint, but I'm up to my knees and airtight clauses and holding companies that don't hold nothing. Now, Beth said you can help me, and I figure you're an ex-con. Well, maybe we should parley. Now, I don't need a comic. I need a guy who can help me out of this jam. Well, listen, Mr. Domena. Joey, just call me Joey. Interesting. Yeah, I not on my list, but almost made my list. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, I was afraid of recency, and right. so I I kind of I I figured I'd embrace it because I was going because yeah. you know I did not have a really scientific method. I just kind of like looked yeah. through the episodes, wrote down the titles of the ones that's that I felt stuck out to me on kind of a first pass. And as it turns out, there were like there were almost 10 of them. And then I was like, okay, let me see why, you know, what, what else is there that I, you know, I'm not really thinking about. And this one just, I, I just liked it so much when we watched it. Yeah. So it's episode 17 of, of the season or episode 85. So this one, I do kind of remember what we, what we said about it, but, uh, the, again, the, the Rockfordishness of it is really special in it. And it's in a totally different way than either of, of, farnsworth or chicken little like it's 
I mean, it's all, it's more focused on Jim um, and Beth. So maybe that's mm-hmm. where it kind of slots in, because those other two don't really have much Beth. Like, I don't think Farnsworth has... I don't think no, she's I, in it. And I think she might be in Chicken Little. She is, I think, briefly. Briefly. Think she, again, like, I have a whole mush of rock profile episodes in my head right now. Because I think the shell game thing is at her apartment, maybe. Yeah, they're discussing it at her apartment. Because they're hiding out. So, like, you know, kind of almost completing a, a, a trifecta, I guess. No, no, she, she might not be in it because that might be the one that she's away and they stay at her apartment. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that, that I think, is the one with the canon uh, um, uh, answering machine message where she talks about her cat. Right, right, yeah. And how he's got to take care of it. But, uh, yeah, so Joey Blue Eyes is just, like, I don't know, James Luis here as the bad guy is just yes. such a joy. Um, the guy who plays Joey Blue Eyes is such a joy. Uh, I really liked that the story didn't rely on murder, uh, that it was dramatic oh, yeah. and had stakes but wasn't didn't revolve around someone getting killed. Um, the script's super tight. The acting's all really good. Um, and it has some con, you know, some of the little con stuff going in. The yeah. the, the fake shooting is great. Uh, yeah, so I guess this one in particular is less that it's like, it's less that it's an example of like, of like core Rockford Files. And it's more that it kind of stands out because it's a little different. Yeah. But in a way that feels of a piece of, of the whole season. Um so, you know, maybe as time goes on, this one will drop a little bit, but no, I, it's a great good one. choice. So that is my number two pick. It makes me feel a little safer about mine. Well, my number two pick we already had, the Farnsworth Stratagem. So I'm on to my number three, uh, which is uh, Gear Jammers Part One. Mm-hmm. raising money to send the lobbyists to Washington, you know, to fight the big fleets. Rocky is one of the organizers. Joseph Rockford, my father? Hey, Jack! Yeah! Listen, it's pretty busy. I gotta go. Yeah, hey, listen, do you know what time we left? 4.30 on the button, as usual. As usual. It's Saturday afternoon, right? Is this the only two-parter in this season? Yes. This might be the only two-parter. Right. And, I mean, I'll go ahead and say, actually, Gear Jammers, actually not on my list. So, oh, if you want to encapsulate this one and two as your pick i'll i'll allow it uh sure i mean there's definitely some stuff yeah we we might as well talk about two while we do it i chose gear jammer part one uh because it is i feel like my favorite rocky episode and it's just the wonderful um secret life of rocky that we uncover as we go through it we learn about mary ramsey's Mm -hmm. Uh, and, uh, who's this woman that he buys champagne for every Saturday, I think is what it is. It's, uh, Rocky is witness to crime and is trying to figure it out for himself. And Jim is trying to find Rocky before the mob does. All right. And that I think is Mm -hmm. what you would get in the, you know, uh, announcers commercial for it coming up next on the Rockford files. Uh, will Jim find Rocky before the mob does, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, in it, there are, um, like I said, lots of great Rocky stuff. Lots of good stuff with Dennis being concerned about Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, there's a couple really good chase moments in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in particular, in, in the part one, I feel like there's a chase there's in it that has like everything from a Rockford Files chase. He's being tailed. He pulls up to the construction site. And they pull up alongside him, so he d- pulls back and does the J-turn. He does the hiding in the parking lot. It's one of these where one of the cars goes around the corner and loses hubcaps because it just, you know, it's pulling too tight of a ch- turn. 
And then eventually they get him or he gets them into an underpass and he pulls a gun on them. And I've been in this business a long time. I've run into a couple of guys who can stay with me. They got a little sloppy doing it. Nobody ever made it look easy. Just like to say it's an honor to be tailed by somebody who can drive as good as you do. Now get up on the roof. And then pulls the the uh, the stem on his t- on the guy's tire <laughs> and sends him off. It's it's great. Um, and then part two has the the great uh, uh, semi, the semi chase, yeah, where Rocky gets to drive it. And so if we're throwing part two into it, mm-hmm. then fine. Then there you go. That's a freebie <laughs> for me. The mystery itself isn't all that juicy. It it's great what what it does to involve Rocky in it, but it's just this sort of like. Uh, chance to train it on the edge. There's a lot going on in this season with Rocky disapproving of Jim's work. Right. Yeah. And this uh, is one of these episodes that um, that kind of uh, puts that in the forefront in, in a really entertaining way. That is my second pick. I didn't put it on my list a because I knew it was going to be on your list. <laughs> <laughs> And B, uh, I think because the mystery itself is not super, like, I couldn't really remember what the actual plot was. And most of it's in the second episode, like, what is going on, like, what what Rocky saw and what it means. Yeah, so the actual story itself didn't really stand out to me in my memory. Sure, yeah. So that's kind of what put it on the next the next tier below the ones that are on my list just you know it just didn't have all of the stuff that I'm looking for but uh yeah all the all the good stuff that you say absolutely it's all in there yeah lots of good character moments yeah. and uh good chase yeah so my next pick is uh-oh. <laughs> so part of this is, you know, we're not bound to any particular order from our lists. So, yeah, you know, because there's a bit of strategy here. All right. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and, and pick one of my one of my protected entries because I thought it might have been picked by now. So I thought I might get it for free. But uh, I am going with a portrait of Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> you just sniped me. Yes. We could at least have stayed till intermission. I was falling asleep, Beth. It was a beautiful concert. I told you to leave your cab money. You know, sometimes you make Dave look pretty wonderful. Well, he is wonderful. You put a tennis racket in his hand, you could stand him in the window of any sporting goods store in town. You're jealous. You're right. Right. Ever since Dave showed up, I have been taking seconds. I'm on a second-hand date, listening to second-hand music. Now I'm getting cussed out in second-hand legal terms, most of which I don't understand. This is the last time I'll ever go to a concert with you. That's great. We'll just stick to the Rams and the Dodgers. That one, so, I mean, I did my list. I I tried to keep an order on the list, and that one, even up to the point when we were already recording, I was moving it up and down the list. (laughs) So, yeah, episode 16, um, our episode 11, Mm -hmm. another one of our early ones. Um, Yeah, another (laughs) (laughs) all-timer. Specifically, again, with many of our recent ones, because they have been more Beth-related episodes, we've been talking about it more. But part of the joy of the first three seasons before Gretchen Corbett leaves the show is the Jim and Beth relationship yeah it's not even will they won't they and that's kind of part of what makes it interesting it's more like they did and (laughs) maybe (laughs) they do 
what does that mean? Yeah. But they're also both like fully functioning adults with their own lives that don't require needing to be around each other all the time and often require calling in each other when there's trouble, which is, you know, a, yeah. a stressful way to have a have a relationship, a friendship or a romantic relationship. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so a portrait of Elizabeth very much by design, like this episode is about that and it like clearly is meant to be about that, right? But yeah. also it has a one of one of the great Rockford Files guest star villains. Oh god, yes. <laughs> uh in in John Saxon uh, rest in power um yes just uh, as Dave um who is this you know crooked master criminal who's manipulating Beth as part of this like uh is are they stock certificates or silver certificates or something it's a um bearer bonds bearer bonds yes, yes. Again, in a very Rockfordish um, <laughs> thing, yeah. So he's he's manipulating the situation where where he can use some of Beth's legal acumen to uh, get him out of the country, essentially with these like ill-gotten bearer bonds. Yeah, but he's also a painter. He is also yes. a wonderful dining companion. He's also great at karate. Like <laughs> he's. <laughs> He is such a Moriarty. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he is the Moriarty to, to, to Jim Sherlock. Yeah. And it's just this perfect balance of character, story, and action, I think, is is where I came out in my notes, mm-hmm. uh, kind of re- revisiting it um, mentally. All the character stuff is great, but, like, the mystery of, like, what is he up to and why is he doing the things that he's doing it needs to be un- unveiled, and that's handled really well. And then there's good... You know, Jim has to do stuff. He has to leap into action um, in order to take this guy down. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's all handled really well as well. So he's going to look petty and and yeah, jealous and everything is just yeah, there's a whole paint attack. Yep, yeah, the whole paint attack to foil foil uh, the the villain's escape, and the, the bear bonds are on the back of paintings that he's made of Beth. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. So there's like some poetry that's really, but but it's also funny, you know, like just all the things. That's all, all the things. yeah. It's a it's a yeah. Like I said, that was next on my list as well. That one again, great standalone episode. Probably benefits a little bit from having watched at least one other episode that has Beth in it, I think. Yeah. Um, and also kind of informs some of the other episodes that have Beth in them. They definitely get it across. It's not oh, like, yeah. it, it's not like they just assume, you know, it, they, they definitely do the, the, their due diligence and they get it across, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like it, it definitely lends something to it. If you are invested in some aspect of the Jim and Beth averse. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that is my pick number three. Nice. Well, let's take a little break. Uh, we want to make sure that you know where you can follow all of our other projects and interests online. Epi, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can Google Epidia. I am the only one out there that I know of. Uh, you can go to digathousandholes.com. That's the number a thousand. Or you can go to Worlds plural without master singular.com and uh find my work there how about you nathan my internet home for all things ndp is at ndpdesign.com you can find 
all of the links and information for all of my various games, including the Worldwide Wrestling role-playing game, my zines, and uh, podcast projects, of which perhaps there may be more than one. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at ndpaoletta. As always, if you want more information about the podcast, go to 200aday.fireside.fm. And now back to the continuing adventures of Jimbo Rockfish. We're, we are officially halfway through our list of 10. Our big list of 10. Our big list of 10, yes. So now I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I have I have one on deck for my next one. But now I'm wondering to myself, should I stop playing safe with them? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. This is the this is the part where I'm like, because oh, we've got a portrait of Elizabeth in there. We've got Chicken Little is a little chicken. We've got the Farnsworth stratagem. We got the hits. Yeah, we got the hits. Like now, like is it time to go to the B sides that that are like you know destined to be classics, right? And so I'm looking through my list here, going, "What can I throw at you?" <laughs> I'm ready. So weird because there's one here. Okay, I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go further down in my list here. Uh, I'm gonna bump this up to number three here. I'm gonna go with the resurrection in black and white. Mm. That that is what I bumped down for a portrait of Elizabeth. Oh, excellent. So. Good good choice. When I hire operatives, I usually get a chance to call the shot. Well, I'm not an operative. I'm a private detective. You hire me, you get the whole product. Yeah, complete with a phony real estate pitch. How about that? The things that stood out about this one to me. Um, okay, there's great, chem- again, chemistry. We, re- I, we really enjoy. Yeah, in case you're detecting a theme. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's also, I mean, I think maybe it's worth saying, that's also a strength of the show. Like. Yeah. Not only is there great chemistry in the recurring cast, one of the strengths of what made it a popular show was that they cast good actors that primarily had great chemistry with James Garner. Yeah. As a show that wants to stay popular, that's something you do, and uh, they did a great job. This is episode eight from this season, from season two. It is our episode 73. Yes. So the the general plot of it, and again, my brain is mush at this point, but if I remember correctly, she's a reporter who's trying mm-hmm. to get a man who has been charged with the murder of his wife or girlfriend, and she thinks he's innocent. Right. And it's a cold case. It's a cold case, yeah. Which, Jim, if you if you own the T-shirt that has uh, Jim's telephone book ad in it, you know he accepts cold cases. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the things that stood out in this one as I went through it again that I just kind of made a note of. Um, uh, number one, the back and forth between the two of them over who's in charge and like who takes the lead on everything mm-hmm. was great. Because she's an investigative reporter and he's, he's uh, a private investigator and they both think they know how to do it. To that end, we get amazing business with the printing press. Oh, he yes. He pulls out his printing press, and she's she's like, that's such a clever idea. We learned that he had done a job for someone, an old, a printer, who made it to his specifications, which is wonderful, too. It's got a backstory. Uh, followed that up with this scene where they're going to check out this house, and they're arguing over whether... They're going to go in as realtors or inspectors. I, I love the printing press, but I don't love the real estate approach. I think we got a much better chance if we go in as surveyors. Here, uh, wait a minute. There. Well, now, why is that better? Well, as surveyors, you can prowl around and ask all kinds of technical questions. But with real estate, if she's not interested in selling, she'll just slam the door and we're cooked. Look, I know what I'm doing. I'm opening up a lot of interviews. I'm pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. 
So am I. <sighs> and he just barrels into the realtor one. They just keep upping each other while they're in the con. They keep mm-hmm. like laying down uh, more stuff for the other to yes and yeah. while it's going on. And that's great. But also during all of that, Jim and the woman they're trying to con are making these eyes for each other <laughs> that are just like it's n- not spoken of, but the way it's filmed, it's very clear that she's letting them in because he's got a great smile and, he, you know, just, oh, it's just wonderful. Um, and then the other bit that I just like was great was the whole gun escalation thing. You get in the beginning, you get a lot of great Jim lines about his sense of self-preservation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where he's like, yeah, I'm a chicken. Like, I want to live. <laughs> You're not armed? No. But you're a private investigator. Why don't you carry a gun? Because I don't want to shoot anybody. (laughs) And that eventually leads to him carrying a gun. I can't remember. There might even be a, like, he carries the gun, but he's just going to wave it around or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then eventually there's a boat chase. It does end with a boat chase, yes. (laughs) She takes pictures of him with the gun, which ends up in her national press story. Right. Which gets him in trouble. So it's just this this way that the Rockford Files can often take like a little motif and just run it through the whole thing. And that motif has a, a whole tale of its own to tell. Mm-hmm. It's not one that I talk about a lot. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, I've been sleeping on this one. <laughs> yeah, this no, good... it's, it's a sleeper. I think I really, I uh, yeah, the character, so Susan is the journalist played by Joan Van Ark. Um, that character and her chemistry with Jim yeah. really is what kept this one in my mind. And a lot of that is also that they have almost the antagonistic relationship. And you can see a version of the story where it turns into a romantic thing yeah. by the end. But this just this story just isn't about that. And yeah. they, I think they even... they almost make a joke about it at one point because she says something like i've done all kinds of things for stories i've slept because she's gonna sleep on his couch like he offers her to sleep in the bed and he'll sleep on the couch and she's like i've slept on pool tables (laughs) there's a moment there where that could have turned into more of a innuendo and it just doesn't um which is which is great uh it also has that like scene where they go to talk to the guy who's like fading like in the old like in the old folks home oh yeah and he kind of has dementia and can't really he's the lawyer yeah yeah oversaw the case or whatever and like it's a actually a really poignant scene kind of in the middle of all this other fairly fun fun yeah almost screwballish yeah kind of plot um that really gives it a, a a real emotional weight where you see where you see that her compassion and interest in other people is like what makes her a good reporter yeah um and that stands a little bit in contrast to jim and how his interests are not necessarily <laughs> exactly uh, uh go- going to keep him uh in the conversation in the same way uh yeah it's it's a sleeper it's one that's not on top of mind of like here's all the great episodes we've watched but going through the list i was like oh yeah that one was really good <laughs> yeah 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 th- this is definitely one of the ones where when i brought it up and like i said i i mainly brought him up to watch the opening montage and to kind of refresh my memory and i just kind of just settled in mm-hmm. just kept watching yeah <laughs> on double speed because that was the other thing but <laughs> wow i applaud you that goes back to my transcribing days uh-huh. like i will if i have to watch an episode i can get up to three times the speed after that i can't but if i have to i will um a little peek behind the production curtain when i do the editing of the show i usually 
have it up on about not quite one and a half. It's about like 1.35 or something on my little slider. Bring my voice up a, a little bit. I bring us, I bring us both up a little <laughs> bit because that's like fast enough to where it actually does save time, but right. not so fast that I stop paying attention. Yeah. So there you go, everyone. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Okay. I only have two picks left. If you choose these correctly, you can put me in a pickle. Mm-hmm. And we will we will save the ones that don't make it for our honorable mentions at the end. Sure. So yeah. it won't go un unlauded. So here's here's where I'm at. There's one that I want to be on this list, but I think you're gonna pick it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. So if I don't pick it, that means I get oh, I two see. other ones. You see the the people that I leave behind, right? But like it, it, it's a it's a sinking boat. <laughs> here, here are the episodes you can save. But if I'm wrong, then it's not going to make it. Is the thing? Oh, I guess I have one more chance to to make this choice again. Okay, so then my number four is going to be. Hmm. All right, I feel like this is a bit of a bit of my my off off meta pick. If okay, you will. go for it. But it is uh, episode 19 of the season, The Italian Bird Fiasco, which is our episode 61. Which theory do you support? Well, uh, I think 18, uh, 19 at the most. Uh, I think 24 is just out of the question. Well, you see, I know how slowly he worked, and uh, I just don't think he could have ever done 24. However, uh, if he worked late and, uh, you know, worked like a little beaver, he might have turned out uh, 20, 21. Who knows? Uh, he might even have done 24. Could I have my bird back, please? I've written five papers supporting the 24 theory. But, of course, you knew that. Of course, of course. I, I was just fooling. <laughs> It's a good episode. I it, it's on my what are the what are they called in um does baseball have it where you have on deck well whatever in the hopper it's not on your short list it might be on your long list it didn't make the top ten but it might have been eleven who knows um yeah so a, another kind of a sleeper um but one of those once I was like what do I like about this one again I just kept thinking of more and more things yeah. This is the one where there's the three birds and Jim, the three bird statues. Yeah. And Jim is hired to buy them at auction, one kind of one at a time. And they each end up being shattered. And so clearly the guy who's hiring him is after whatever's inside. It turns out he's a diamond smuggler. And <laughs> they're supposed to be inside, but they're not. So it's interesting because it's a con game episode where Jim's kind of the subject of the con at least at first and then he yeah. has to figure out how to turn it on on uh the art dealer that has hired him who's uh kit from night rider yes <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing i was looking at this and i was like oh this is full of people that are great so it's uh william daniels is the the the, the villain here um so kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Feeney from uh, Boy Meets World. It also has Ron Silver in it, who is yes. like one of my, especially in, in the 70s when I don't expect to see him, is kind of low-key one of my favorite, like, oh, he's in this, guys. Yeah. So that's great. Um, the the woman who's the other art dealer, uh, played by Camilla Sparve, um, she's super fun. She has this, like, Euro kind of yeah. thing. She says she's Canadian, but it's all a lie. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's there's there's these different layers of like who's telling the truth, who's lying to who, who's hiring who for what. Yeah. It's a layered, layered episode. Yeah. They there's a whole store, big store con on Jim where like William Daniels uh has this whole hotel room that's all kitted out as this you know, as this art dealer, as all the stuff, and then Jim goes back and it's all gone and like there was no it was all a ruse. He he never, you know, rented it or whatever. Yeah, so it just has all those great layers. Jim has to figure all kinds of stuff out. But yeah, it has the dramatic start with the guy getting thrown off the roof. Um, and then it has the great all-time Jim doesn't get paid reveal. So um, 45000 from 50000 leaves 5000 Well, I didn't break the damn things. I've been doing some preliminary figuring. Now, from the 5000 there's, of course... Uh, English inheritance taxes and English income taxes. Oh, yes, we shall have to, of course, inform your IRS. <laughs> and oh, there's the rate of exchange to consider. Oh, yes. And Yo, then there's... One minute. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be enough left for me to pick up this tab? Well, I really don't know, Mr. Rockford. That rather depends. Do you intend to keep on drinking? Yes. Yes. Yeah, another, another bit of a sleeper where it would be like... You know, you you've watched our first six picks. Um, yeah. <laughs> what else on here? I'm like, oh, this one's this one's very Rockfordy. We we are going to in the end, we're going to have ten out of twenty two episodes that we've chosen. Right. <laughs> so I, it's a prime season. Plenty of great things to choose from. Uh, but some of them are are going to be uh less of the like classic tales and more of the this is a good example of this sort of Rockford files. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a good con game episode where jim isn't running a con yeah which is fun a fun thing to watch um yeah so that is my number four all right so you've got one left i have two left this has got me thinking um all right you know the the scene from rocky where he's training like in the first rocky and he's training and he goes to uh the meat packing and he just starts just wailing on the side of beef Mm-hmm. that's this episode this is the the meatiest of meaty rockford files episodes i am of course talking about the aaron ironwood school <laughs> of success and i stretch the truth a little bit you'll expect that from me now listen nobody you said you had my check how about forking it over not until you tell me what's going on i don't know anymore now you're going to give me my money or am i going to have to take it from you? aaron i don't want to fight you I never took you when we skits, but I've grown up a little bit since then. Come on. I didn't put it on my list, but I did look at it and go, oh, it had that really meaty fight. It did. So that's the thing. Like, when I when I first came across this, because this is early on in the season. This it's, it's the first episode of the season. Yeah, it's the first episode of the season. Our episode 23. And so the first thing I did is I typed out the Aaron Ironwood School of Success. And then I typed out beefy fight in boxes before I even, I was just like, you know, I'm going to list the things that, that are good, the things that stand out. And then I started watching this one and uh, there's, there's a lot of really good Rockford stuff in it. So the thing is, Aaron is an old friend of Rockford's that Rocky remembers from when they were kids. He was like a almost family. He was like, he like lived with them. He was an orphaned or something like that in an early age. And, um... So it's Aaron is setting Rockford up 
to take a fall. I, I watched this one pretty swiftly, so I, like, I cannot recall the, the nuances of the con that's being played on Rockford. Mm-hmm. What I do remember, though, is all of the stuff coming from Rocky about how he should be more like Aaron, because right. Aaron is such a success, when Aaron clearly isn't. Not clearly, but eventually it comes out that he isn't. Well, he's he's uh, he's at the top of a pyramid scheme. Yeah. So yeah. he's living large, looking like a success, but right. it's all a house of cards that's about to fall, that's, that's about to fall down. Uh, of course, there is the beefy box scene, which is worth it alone. You should mm-hmm. go watch that. That's great. Yeah, this is where they have a, a punch out, drag out fight in like a loading dock. Yeah, there's uh, other good ones. Like there's some good stuff with like goons where he gets into meaty fights with them. Uh, ones where they pull guns on him and he just takes off running. Just lots of good action along those ways. But also, and this is the thing, and I don't, I don't know why this qualifies it, but this absolutely qualifies it. This is the episode where he has the limp that everyone comments mm. on and he has a different story for why uh-huh. he has it. And it's never explained. And I mean, we know the actor had surgery, mm-hmm. right? That was the thing. But for some reason, it's just so wonderful that throughout the episode, people just commenting on this limp and, and he just keeps coming up with a different story about why it happened. So anyways, that I think it's just an, just a completely fun episode. And I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to give it some of its, uh, its dues there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the meaty fight definitely stands out. Also, there's a great aspect of Aaron telling Jim one story that he kind of means Jim to see through that's still concealing yes. the actual story, which is basically that he's in Hawk to the mob and like, yeah, you know, they're going to come after him and he's trying to, he tricks Jim into taking over ownership of the business. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is worth nothing and has all its assets frozen because it's a pyramid scheme. Um, yeah. There's also something to where it's kind of like weirdly very resonant still because his thing, he's like a motivational speaker and kind of like a yeah. prosperity gospel. Like it's not yeah. religious, like it's not presented as religious. But it's still in that. Yeah, it's in that vein where it's like, I'm going to teach you how to make a million dollars and that ain't pie in the sky. And it ain't. Maybe you'll make it. Because if you follow just exactly what the school manual tells you, you're just flat going to end up rich and there's no two ways about it. Dare to win, I said. Dare to make money. Spit in her eye. Dare to turn your life around. Make a million dollars by the end of the year. What's it going to cost? Only $5,000. And, uh, yeah, that's still with us, so... (laughs) It's aged well, I guess, in in yeah. terms of the premise. Just a, a quick aside: some of the production stuff about this season. Um, I was just reviewing again the uh, Ed Robertson's book. So, The Rockford Files, the first season, did extraordinarily well, had great ratings, and like destroyed its time slot. Um, mm-hmm. So, in the second season, the I think CBS, um, one of the rival networks, to counter program against it, moved Hawaii Five O into the time slot on like Friday nights to counter program. And so the network was obviously invested in how it was doing and, and it's, you know, how the scripts were coming along and stuff. Something that was a concern. I think we've, we've mentioned this before, but I think just not for a while. So yeah. So over the summer, as they were like, you know, getting production started, uh, they were concerned that the, the, the humor of the series was turning into being at Jim's expense and oh, right. showing him as not being smart. 
Right. When a lot of the appeal of the character is that he's kind of smarter than everyone in the room, right? And that's what people really liked about the character was that he always mm-hmm. kind of had an angle and always was was a step ahead. I guess at the time that this conversation was happening, um, of the nine scripts that had already been produced, seven of them all revolve around the theme of Rockford is duped or swindled and then has to figure <laughs> it out. And that includes Chicken Little is a Little Chicken, Aaron Iwood School of Success, Italian Birth Fiasco. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, our, it's our list. Um, so, like, the density of those in the first blush of scripts was a concern. Yeah. And so they ended up spacing them out across the season and kind of rushing other stuff where he wasn't, you know, duped yeah. to fill it out. So I think watching the season, I don't think it feels like that. I think yeah. some episodes are like that and most are not. But they did decide to put this episode in the first slot, <laughs> <laughs> which was exactly that concern. Yeah, yeah. As things turned out, it's, it continued to do better than Hawaii Five O, but it did gradually lose ratings, you know, just in general, um, you know, probably because it was a second season show and wasn't as, you know, new. Right. And then it kind of leveled off and continued having, you know, a, a good audience, just not that great audience, uh, yeah. et cetera. But I thought that was an opportune time for that uh, that aside, just because, uh, yeah, they decided, to, like, oh, you're, you're worried about this? Well, let's get this one out of the way. First thing in the, <laughs> first thing in the season. I mean, then the second one is the Farnsworth stratagem. So it's like, right. you know, they recover quickly. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so this comes to my last pick. Yeah. Oof, uh, again, do I think you're going to pick this as your last one, or do I throw out a line? Right. It's tough, right? I guess if you were going to pick this one, then at least I'm forcing you to go elsewhere. So so for my last pick, I'm going to episode 14 of season two, The Hammer of Block. Yeah. All uh, right. Introduction of Gandalf Finch. You believe me now? Yeah, Gandy. Yeah, I think I do. Hey. Hey, Rockfish. You're the first one, man. The first one. Yeah, well, even if we subtract the 300, I still owe you for a couple of days, so... You want to keep working on it? We can do it. Oh, thanks, Fish. Man, you all right. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I struggled with this one. Mm-hmm. It's not actually on my list. Okay. We'll, we'll talk through why it's on your list, and then I'll explain why I didn't quite make it to my top ten. I totally understand this not being on a on a top list. Yeah. Which almost is why I wanted to include it. On its own, I think it's a great episode. Yeah. That's the... Th- yeah. Go on. So, yeah. Episode 14. It's uh, our, our episode 48. Um, and it's the introduction of Isaac Hayes' character, uh, Gandalf Finch, which I think is a fan favorite character. Yeah. So Gandy is, uh, knows Jim from, from when Jim was in prison and he's finally gotten out. I think he was in, in jail for like five years, right? Um, yeah. For uh, the murder of his girlfriend, which he denies having done. Um, but he was he was charged for it, and uh, he's kind of a violent guy, and no one really believed him. Uh, so he's coming to Jim because he just doesn't really know anyone, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yes, he's just out. Yeah, so he's just out, but he specifically wants to clear his name um, now that he's out. 
Yeah, and the episode kind of revolves around revolves around Gandhi first trying to get Jim to help him out and then kind of getting himself into trouble trying to do it himself and kind of pulling Jim in to help him get out of the trouble he's getting himself into. Yeah. And it ends up in a pretty dark place. And I think that's why I I thought it was a standout episode. Yeah. Here's the thing, like, the character stuff is great. Uh, Isaac Hayes and James Garner are a great combination. Jim and Gandhi are a great combination. Um, The episode is pretty dark. It has some humor, especially at the beginning. But it's pretty dark. It's about this murder. They end up discovering that the woman killed herself in such a manner as to implicate Gandhi because he was so bad to her. Yes. And that was the only way out that she could see, right? It's a big twist. It definitely yeah. has, like, a twist ending. It's a really good murder mystery. Uh, and everything mm-hmm. you said, like, I do think this is a good episode and probably deserves to be on the list. The, the only thing that bumps it off the list for me is that the other Gandhi episodes don't work. Are more fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't work with this one existing, right? Like, that's the thing. The, like, the next the next Gandhi episode kind of reboots. Not, re- I mean, that's kind of a modern term. Yeah, but it, it does. It, yeah, it kind of re-envisions the character and kind of is like, eh, ignore that backstory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy both. Like, I thought this was a really good episode, and I really enjoyed the other Gandhi episodes. The fact that they, they don't mesh, uh, it doesn't trouble me. It doesn't make me, you yeah. know, I'm not like, we need to fix that because I'm I'm okay with fiction being messy like that. But, like, it does mean that, like, like it just reflected on, on my opinion of this episode. If I was to rank the Gandhi episodes, this is probably my least favorite right. Gandhi episode. Yeah. Just another Polish wedding, right? I, feel, the, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quick, quick draft on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just another Polish wedding. Uh, the other one, and yeah. then <laughs> the Amber Seabuck. Yeah, the other one is good. I just can't remember its title. Anyhow, uh, yeah, and then this one also has kind of like questionable ethical move from Jim where he's kind of like trying to excuse Gandhi. Yeah. And it's tough in a kind of an irresponsible way. Um, trying to give him some kind of out to like, be like, Oh, you know, you did what you could. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like you were a pretty bad partner. So (laughs) maybe you need to sit with that. And he does like, it's not irresponsible in terms of like showing us someone who doesn't experience consequences for their actions yeah um it does just kind of give a moment of like oh jim like you're right you're being a good friend but kind of at the expense of giving a past this kind of behavior yeah which is not my favorite move uh but it does stand out (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i I guess a problematic fave yeah no it's a good one it's definitely good and like the script is great like this like it's as one would expect it's really well written Mm-hmm. For what it sets out to do, it is, you know, knocks it out of the park. Just what it sets out to do is kind of like, okay, we did that. Now let's step back a little bit because everyone likes Isaac Hayes and everyone likes the idea of yeah. Andy. <laughs> but we'd like him to be a little less of a bad person going right. forward. So, yeah. So that, there's my there's my fifth entry to the top episodes. Worth watching. Yeah. Kind of a kind of an outlier. So now I have one left. Yeah, you have you have the big. That's the thing I picked first. That means you get the last the last swing. You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump one down my list here. What call an audible? Mm-hmm, I'm gonna change mm-hmm. it. Uh, 
I'm going to go with a classic, but I'm going to go with uh, the girl in the Bay City Boys Club. No, but the cases are unrelated. There were different people involved every time. Were they all criminal cases? And I know where you're going with that, and you're wrong. There has never been any organized crime in Bay City. Looks like there is now. So that is my half Hall of Fame oh. pick. Oh, is it? Nice. So since we're since since we're at the end, you get it. It's yours. This one, uh, I can't, okay. So this is number. Uh, it's it's episode thirteen. Lucky number thirteen, just before the hammer of C block. <laughs> but it's early for us. It was an earlier yeah, one that we uh, did. Episode twelve. Yeah, and so this one. Uh, the moment it started, I just got all of these really good nostalgic feels. <laughs> but okay, so the things that it has that I think stand out that are um, like worthy of inclusion on this list, it's got the our we talk about the drive-through gambit mm-hmm. where where Jim he's being tailed by her uh, and he goes through a drive-through and just tells the drive-through to call the police. Uh, and say that he's been shot at by this car <laughs> so that the cars would pull him over and it gives him a chance to then turn around and tail her and like there's a lot of good stuff there. there's another great one where he's got chemistry with um is she a reporter she's she's a district district attorney or the assistant yeah. district attorney uh, yeah. blair brown is the actress yes you know a lot of good stuff going on there but I think fundamentally the standout here is the the foot chase inside the boys club at yeah. the end and all of the tricks and back and forth that, you know, spraying the uh, fire extinguisher on the ground to make it slippery and throwing a ball down the stairs to get them to, to follow that direction. You know, just lots of good, clear physical action that shows Jim's strategic side in mm. the middle or his tactical side in the middle of a chase. Um, a lot of that throughout this episode. Also, angels in this episode. Right. Uh, and you get some really good um, moments. There's like one where Angel like just takes the goon sides against Jimmy. <laughs> it's just so yeah. So this was on my list. Uh, as I said, it was kind of my my half Hall of Fame pick. Um, I didn't really remember the plot. Like there, there's a, there's like a gambling club that yeah. is basically hooked into. So it's in, it takes place in Bay City. So it's yeah. hooked into the Bay City kind of like business and politics community, and it's kind of a forum for corruption. Jim's investigating it for someone else, and it right. turns out that that investigation doesn't turn anything up. I just don't. Yeah, I don't recall the the, the full thing. Yeah, but basically, this DA ends up following Jim because she's also trying to break this gambling ring situation, yeah. and all revolves around the. That's the boys club and her higher up might either be dirty or just afraid to deal with the situation. I remember that being uh, an important bit. Yeah. Jim is, is, is hired to find out if the poker game is fixed. He's hired by a DA who's being blackmailed by the guy who fixes the game. Mm -hmm. And this is the DA's bid to kind of get out from under everything. And then the DA gets murdered. And so the assistant DA, the, the Blair Brown character follows Jim and et cetera, et cetera. Anyhow. Yeah. I don't remember the actual story. I do remember liking it. <laughs> yes. Also, this one stands out kind of as a curiosity because it's the only episode. And in fact, the only thing directed by James Garner. Oh, right. Yeah. The story is basically that they lost a director and well, someone's got to do it. Yep. 
make it happen. But I think he did a, not not even just a good job, but part of what makes it so memorable is these, yeah, like you say, these physical action sequences that just have so much clarity about where everyone is at all times. Yeah. And yeah. that's not so easy. And even in the Rockford Files, sometimes there's sequences where it's like, I'll just see what happens at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so there's something about, I think, just his experience with doing so much physical action himself that really translated well to, to how that was all structured. So, um, again, yeah, kind of a sleeper, Yeah, but uh, a good pick. I say I concur. So, so there they are. Those are the 10, the top 10. Those are the top 10. So here's our teams. My team consists of the following five episodes, the Farnsworth stratagem, Joey blue eyes, a portrait of Elizabeth, the Italian bird fiasco, and the hammer of Seablock. Now, my team is uh, Chicken Little is a Little Chicken, Gear Jammers, Parts 1 and 2. I'm just going to take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resurrection in Black and White, the Aaron Ironwood School of Success, and the Girl in the Bay City Boys Club. I feel like I got um, Dennis and Beth, and you got Angel and Rocky. Yeah, <laughs> that seems, seems about right. I was actually thinking, because I know... Um, I had some of the ones that we watched more recently a little bit lower on our on my list, mm-hmm. but I was trying to avoid I was trying to avoid that bias, and I think I overcompensated for it too. I think. What's on your honorable mentions? So these are the ones that I noted for my list that did not end up on either of our lists. Yeah, I just I have two uh, Pastoria Prime pick. Um, yep. I think is a good one. It's a great gym on the road episode i have a soft spot for like we are constructing a world of lies around around the protagonist stories yeah which is what that is that was that was the number 10 on my list and uh my main thing about that one was that it just was a solid noir it's a really good episode that doesn't even have to be the rockford files although it does help that it is right yeah yeah, that was a nine on my list. And then my other honorable mention is uh, episode... So that was episode 11. Our our episode 14 is Pastoria Prime Pick. And then uh, the no-cut contract. Episode 15, our episode 19. Um, so this is one where Rob Reiner yeah. plays the like slimy minor league football quarterback. And he's just a great antagonist without being a villain yeah there's just so much again we talk you know chemistry it's all chemistry 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 he and jim have, have amazing chemistry he's so slimy he's such a cornball jim just keeps calling him on his on his stuff um <laughs> and he keeps trying to wiggle out of it it's so good uh there's a, a dick buckus cameo which is yes pretty fun <laughs> there's a big pool related finale um it is one of the ones where like Jim gets suckered into a story. Uh, Rob Reiner's character like has these like tapes of the mob because the mob's involved with right. his franchise or whatever, and then they shake him down and he says that he hired Jim and that's where they are. But that's just a lie. He picked his name out of a phone book and that's how it all starts. <laughs> Another one of those like looking through and being like, oh, that one's actually really good. You know when you when you go through them. Like I did, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to watch this one. <laughs> Knowing that you're, you're not going to be able to, you're just going to skim it. But still, that, yeah, that one was in my on deck as mm-hmm. well. The two that I have left are um, The Real Easy Red Dog, 
mm-hmm. uh, which is a very recent one. Was that the most recent one we did? Yep. Yes, that's the last one we did. And assuming this airs in order, then it will be our latest episode, which I believe is 86. Yeah, so I don't need to tell anyone about it. <laughs> uh, go watch it. Is it... Part of it was just, I think, probably could have been th- that, you know, it's the more recent one in six in my head. But also <laughs> uh, that opening where Jim is sitting down with the meal, like he brought the fixings for his oh, sandwich yeah. <laughs> to watch the game. And she's trying to explain this murder to him while he's trying to make his sandwich and, and watch the game at the same time. And then finally has to, like, focus on something mm-hmm. is great. The chemistry between them is great, as always. Uh, and then um, it's just uh, it's just a really good deal episode. Great deal episode, and it also has that like that that like really uh, particular writing where like everything is a pay everything has a payoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like it's a really if we were doing like top ten scripts or like top ten best written episodes or something, that one would have been on my list for sure. Because it stands out to me, again, maybe just because we just did it, but it really stands out to me for, like, the real tight quality of the writing in that one. Yeah. Uh, and then this one, I have to this is, this is really, this is kind of an embarrassing one. Uh, the Reincarnation of Angie, mm-hmm. which uh, I say it's embarrassing because I look at my notes that I wrote down to remind myself of all the things to say about this episode. And none of those notes remind me of what this episode was about. <laughs> Uh, this is the one where uh, Angie, she gets a phone call from her brother right, to tell her to go to a safe. right, And then her brother gets abducted and I think he's killed. Mm-hmm. And she gets a hold of Jim to try and help solve this out and puzzle it out. It's it's a sad story. Yeah. Uh, we learned that she, like most of her, what she knows and understands about her life isn't necessarily true. It's filled with wonderful trade craft. Yes. There's a great whole sequence early on where she meets Jim at a bar because she she calls Jim again because of the phone book because um, she's been followed to the bar and, and she just wants help. She doesn't know Jim. She just picked him out of the phone book. And Jim's like, we'll stack two cigarette, you know, two boxes of cigarettes on top of each other. So I know who you are. I'll come. And he sees has her point out who the guy is. And then he manages to sucker punch this guy twice. <laughs> in the course of a single conversation mm-hmm. i just felt like it was worth it for that inclusion yeah. alone that one i kind of like remember there's so many good things about it but yeah again it just doesn't really gel together in my memory of like right why it's good it has really good dialogue um yeah it has a good like focus on a, on some like class stuff that we don't see a whole lot because her brother's rich but she's not and so there's yeah. some stuff with like her only having so much to pay Jim and him trying to reject him being like, you know what? Don't worry about it. And she, and she's like, has the pride of like, no, I have this money. I will pay you for what you're doing. Even though it's the only money I have. She asks him how much, and he says it's $200 a day. And she goes, Oh, just cause you have me in a tight spot. Doesn't mean you can change the price. And he's like, right. no, that's, and she has like $23. Yeah. It's like, I'll pay you for a half hour. Yeah. It also has, uh, it has that good moment at the end where like she, trips and he or like he trips and she goes to help him and that's the cover for him getting a gun from someone like there's that sequence where there's some physical thing and it's like was that them working together or is that like him taking advantage of a moment or is that her setting him up like there's just a good kind of tension to how that's all staged um yeah and it has uh it's the one with uh david huddleston in it um 
aka Mr. Lebowski. So. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's definitely a that's definitely a good one as well. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking through like there's stuff to say about pretty much all of them that we haven't mentioned. I think maybe the only one that's jumping out to me real quick as I'm seeing like, is there anything else that I should have talked about is maybe uh, the great blue Lake land and development company. Yeah. That was another one that I had in the hopper, which again is a good gym out of town one. It's one where he leaves the like $10,000 in the safe and then it's gone. And is he, who's lying to him and why? He brings Rocky in for another con. Brings Rocky in for another con. And then, like, the dude who is not Angel. Yes. <laughs> um, and it has the good helicopter chase. Yes. At the end. Yeah. Um, Overall, like, I, the the season, like I said, this is kind of tough because it, there's a lot of good ones. and th- There are no Bad Rockford Files episodes. <laughs> um, you know, there are some that are, like, less right. good than the others. But even making that assessment of some of these is like, I wouldn't call any of these not good or even worse than the average episode. Up to uh, the time of recording, I, I was, you know, moving episodes up and in and out of the hopper and up and down the <laughs> list uh, trying to figure out because it, it's yeah, it's tough. There are definitely ones that like are classics in my head, which we nailed mm-hmm. we, good on us. Um, right. And then there's a bunch of them that I'm like, yeah, there's the good ones. There's the sleepers. It was fun. I, it was a really neat way to kind of do a retrospective of like, uh, um, man, 22 episodes. Uh, yeah, that's a season. Sure is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now we only have to do this, uh, four and a half more times. Yeah. Are we going to do this for each season? I mean, we could, we don't, I mean, we don't have to. Towards the end, I think we'll, we'll. Uh, our brains will be yeah. pretty busted. But yeah, this is fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good season. We can recommend it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you're going to watch The Rockford Files, you should watch something from season two. Or season one. Or season yeah. three or four. Four. Five is Five. pretty good. Six, you know, how many two-parters are you in for, I guess, yeah. is really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to watch Anthony Boy? Or the other half of season six. <laughs> oh, man. I, I do like Anthony Boy. It's hard to talk about, um, like, the ur- urban horticulturalist and uh, Dave Devereaux. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. Uh, John Saxon's character. And not also talk about Anthony Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, just stand out. Villains. The holy trinity of, of bad guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well. Yeah. There you have it. Uh, we've completed season two. We are over halfway of the entire series. Yeah, these are going to happen with more frequency, aren't they? And now we need to figure out some other organizing principle for our next couple <laughs> episodes. We have a couple. There's a couple that people have mentioned um, as oh, yeah. like, oh, you know, hope to hear you talk about this one. So maybe we'll we'll probably start pulling some from that list. Yeah, uh, we need to hit a movie. We need to hit a movie for sure. It's yeah. been too long. Um, and, uh, you know, probably the other thing is that a lot of what's remaining is two parters. So, you know, <laughs> we, yeah, and- we're starting to, we're starting to run in, especially with the, with five and six. So we're starting to run into, uh, some time, uh, you know, setting aside the time to get the, do those, do those properly. Yeah. So, but we'll figure it out. It's going to be a busy, busy summer. It'll be exciting though. Busy Rockford Files summer. Yeah. <laughs> Hot Rockford summer. That's what everyone's <laughs> saying. 
yeah. quarantine's uh, over. <laughs> go go get vaccinated if you're able to and you haven't haven't already, and then you too can join in in hot Rockford summer. Yes. Um, but yeah, if you have any thoughts or feedback uh, or suggestions for the next things we should talk about, you can get in touch with us. Um, we are slowly building a, uh, some some stuff for our answering machines. So if you have yes. anything, any questions or any feedback that you'd like us to read on the show, you can email 200adaypodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at at 200 pod or hit us up on our patreon patreon.com slash 200 a day you can also leave comments on individual episodes on our website which is 200 a day dot fireside dot fm i believe that is all i think you got it i think i got it i mean if you find another way to reach us mm-hmm. then go to one of those previously mentioned ways and tell us about it <laughs> and uh we also you know we have a couple other things that have come across our transoms um some some rockford related books and uh oh yeah other things so we may have uh we may we may have some more to say about that stuff in the near future as well yeah we may do a book report um <laughs> but uh you know we have to make sure we actually do the reading so yeah, <laughs> not not like how we used to back in school. Oh boy, if only if only my only responsibility was to sit down and read books. That sounds <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you as always for joining us, and uh, yeah, that's it for season two. But we'll be back next time to talk about an episode from another season of the Rockford Files. Double speed. Uh. Oh. <laughs> Yay!